Welcome to My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson, a journey into the deepest teachings of Torah and their application to our personal, emotional, and psychological lives. A good week. We continue our journey in the life-changing Sefer Tanya. This program is made possible by Rina Lights LLC, and as an honor and memory of Rabbi Yisuf Halevi Weinberg Olav Shalom, and Moshe Pinchas Akrein Katz Olav Shalom, and Rabbi Yael Akrein Khan Olav Shalom. It's also schus and merit, Rabbi Zevi Cheskel Akrein and Risha Katz, Le'edich Yomim Veshanim Tevis for many long, healthy years. So we're in chapter 10, the chapter about the tzaddik. And we discussed in the last year at length the concept of a tzaddik gomer, the highest possible level of someone who is seamlessly and absolutely only a channel, a transparent channel for godliness. And there's no room, not even an inch, for anything that's the opposite or anything that's not godly. It doesn't have to even be the opposite. In the example used in chapter 9, that the king conquering the city has not just conquered the city, has not just established control and has allies, but every individual, every citizen in the city, every faculty in the nimshal and the moral is aligned, not only neutral, not only not resisting and not opposing, but completely aligned. Everybody has been transformed. A tzaddik she'enagomer is someone that still has complete control but still not everything has been completely transformed. So the beginning of the chapter, we learned the Tzadik She'enagomer, or what's called the Tzadik Veralei. There's still a Ra, not actual Ra, nothing that actually opposes and goes against God, because this Tzadik has full control. Doesn't have, his faculties are completely controlled by the divine soul, and, and that's that. But there's still not total transformation as we discussed. I mean, he said, let's say, Eneid Malvade. Eneid Malvade means there's no, nothing but God. In this case, there is God, is the controlling force, the divine soul, but yet, not, there are still elements where there's a certain residual indifference, if you wish. So to understand the Tzadik Sheinagomer, the, the Alta Rebbe now goes into understanding the Tzadik Gomer. And that's what we shall continue learning inside. So he says like this. So let's learn together. We're now in the first, uh, this, uh, in the Ubiure Inyan. So after the opening of the Perek, which talks about to the point that he eliminates and expels and, and annihilates all negativity from his left side to the point that it gets transformed. So... There is the level of the tzaddik she'enagomer or tzaddik v'ralei. Says the Hainish Yezbo Adai Ma'at Ma'at Mizayir Rabechol Asmoli. But it's kofu for bottle the tev machmes miyute. So now he says ubiure inyan to understand that. Well, we have to contrast it, and he's now going to take us on a journey into the tzaddik gomer. The complete tzaddik. 
whose evil has been transformed to good. And remember, the word evil doesn't mean necessarily actual evil. It means anything that's not godly has been transformed to good. Which why is which is why he's called the tzaddik, who is it's good, not just good. It means here, like we said, that everything is good. There's no negative at all. Everything is totally good. And how is that he comes to that level? So how did he actually transform it? So he now explains something we learned earlier about the garments. He says he did this He achieved this transformation through completely removing the evil soiled garments. Remember, the divine soul is fundamentally divine in its very personality, its faculties, its garments as well. So that to be any type of um, toxic behavior cannot be in the divine soul. It has to be in the garments that the human being dresses in. So that the human being can be very clean, but you could dress yourself in, in dirty garments, what he calls soiled garments. But in the case of the tzaddik gamur, what did he do? Anything that manifests in the worldly pleasures, which is the soiled garments of the animal soul, has completely been eliminated. He's, he's completely eliminated that. He removed that, those garments from him, so it doesn't exist anymore. The tzaddik she'ena gamur has also removed them, but he hasn't transformed them, as we're going to learn. So what does it mean he removed them? So here it goes back to the principle that we're not talking, there's no middle ground, essentially, when you're talking about the absolute terms. There's middle ground, the tzaddik she'ena gamur is middle ground in a way. But the tzaddik gamur, there's no middle ground, because anything that is not purely godly and holy is already, uh, it's, it means if you're not with me, you may not be against me, but you haven't been transformed, so there's something still, potential resistance, or something that remains that is residual that has to still be transformed. So how does the tzaddik gomer do it? What is he doing that the tzaddik she'ena gomer is not doing? So now he's going to dissect and explain the anatomy of this psychology of the tzaddik gomer. And this is what, this is what he says. This is how we, the, the removal of the garments. Before we go there, let's continue talking a bit about the garments. Remember, we learned that the animal soul has two components to it. It's very nature, the animal soul. What we call the koyach hamesave, it's power to desire. And then the object of desire. That's when the animal soul dresses in garments that are not clean, polluted garments or soiled garments. What's happening? The power of desire in the animal soul, which is in it of itself can be directed toward positive things, is now directed and dressing itself up in negative things. So obviously that is not the level of a tzaddik altogether. But for a person who's a tzaddik, what he's done is removed those garments. In other words, what remains is the animal soul, the pure koya chamesave, which fundamentally is not a negative thing. In, in Lukutte Teda Chukas, as we've quoted a few times, it says that the power of desire, power of desire, is actually rooted by Yisei Kedish. It's rooted in the, in, in the holy hills and mountains, meaning in the holy source. It's where the desire is directed. For example, when a tzaddik desires to learn Torah, 
or desires to love God, has a deep passion for godliness, it's also desire. So in the divine soul, the desire is completely divine. But the animal soul could also be directed. That's called the transformation. Like we learned at the end of last chapter. So what has he done? He's removed the object of desire that is soiled, and he's dressed himself in an object of desire that is divine. Hence, the, the animal soul has now been transformed. That's, the, that's what he says, that by removing that, by removing those garments, that's why that's why it's called the Tzadik V'tevle. Another point to be made, as we discussed, at the end of chapter 9, he said that the animal soul in its essence doesn't want the person to follow what, it, what it's asking. It was appointed by God to tempt the person. But its ratzin is really it's for the purposes, for the good of the person, that he should resist that temptation. So you see something furthermore in the animal soul. Besides the kayach its power of desire, not necessarily being a negative but could be directed toward positive things, that passion. In other words, if the animal soul understands that loving God, serving God, learning about godliness, living a godly life is good for it, in addition to that, that's really the ultimate intention. The Nefesh Abbamis is only tempting because he's a shliach of God and says, I need you to tempt the person. So you can imagine it's a double thing when the person doesn't listen to the animal soul, meaning he removes these polluted these soiled garments so number one the animal soul not can be directed its desire to positive things holy things number two you're actually fulfilling the deep essence of what the animal soul wants it's so it wants you not to listen to it so it's actually like a simcha by the animal soul so it comes alive and it's not eliminated it's transformed on both levels both its power of desire and also its intentions and that's ultimately what is the, the hafikha. But what makes the tzaddik gomer different? Why does a tzaddik sheinu gomer not have this element when he's also eliminated? He said. He removed, he removed everything negative from him, as we learned before, eliminating the evil from your midst. But still, he said, not complete transformation, because if it transformed it, because if he completely eliminated anything, it would have been transformed. So what's talk of the difference? What's the difference between the two? So now he explains. The Hainu. Here's the key thing that we're going to understand. Limois ma'id b'tainuga ilam He's deeply repulsed. Disgusted. Can be another word. By the pleasures of this world. A very strong word here. We're soon going to use the word sinna which is despise, dislike, hate. But here he's using the word repulsed or disgusted by the pleasures of this world. That's the key thing. And we're going to learn in a moment why is he disgusted? Why is he repulsed? Not because, not only because, I should say, because the negative elements of the world degrade you, defile you, like somebody realizes, what am, I, what am I going to be completely muddied up and dirtied and polluted by the toxins of this world? You're disgusted by that. You know, imagine a person falling into a puddle, dirty puddle. We're disgusted. It's not just we dislike it, we're disgusted. 
But furthermore, as we're going to learn, it's deeper than that. Is because he has such a deep love for God, so anything opposite disgusts him. And that's vital. Because to be disgusted by something, yes, okay, very disturbed, but why do some people have no problem being dirty? Because they got used to it. It becomes their standard. They don't have the other higher level of, if they understood what real love was for God, then anything opposite would be something that disgusts them, as we're going to learn shortly. So it disgusts him, Elam Hazah, Tainugim of Elam Hazah. Limus ma'ebit Tainuga Elam Hazah. Mo'ed, he says, deeply repulsed. In Torah Eir, Pasha Kisisa, he adds a Lashem Mo'ed Pirushe Bli Gvul. Yesem Igdei Midosei. Which means limes meid who mias bleak vul kaloshen abin mias berab betachlis. So meid adds utter, total, and utter disgust. Lisanik bom betainuge betainuges bnei adam lamalis taivas agur bolvad v'loy laavedus Hashem. So the very notion of enjoying mortal and human pleasures. Purely to gratify the body, and not in the worship of God, not in the service of God, not Hashem. That's what disgusts him. That's what repulses him. Why? Because that behavior and that activity is because these pleasures, where do they come from? They come from the klipa sitra achra, the shell, and the other side, like we learned, doesn't have to be negative, it's just not godliness. It doesn't have that complete dedication to the purpose of existence. So it's completely out of the domain of this tzaddik. And as a result, any, even every, any iota of that disgusts him. So it's interesting. In other words, he doesn't say here that it has to be a very decadent type of behavior. Even eating something kosher, even doing something that is permitted, but it's not being done completely for serving God, is a form of indulgence. That is the, that's the Dover Moss. That's Melimas Ma'id. And he continues, since it's Sitra Akhra, so the kol mashu masitra achra tzadi gomer huseine betachlas hasina. Anything that comes from the other side, which means not the side of kedusha of holiness, this complete tzadi at tzadi gomer, seine betachlas hasina completely and utterly detests it. Now he brings sina, detests it. And here is the punchline. Why? So you could say he detests it because it just disgusts him or detests him or is detested by him. So he says, no, it's more than that. It's due to his profound love for God. And his holiness. Now some interpret Kedushase goes on the tzaddik, but the most basic interpretation is going on God. On God, for God and God's holiness. That's what he loves. He loves that sanctity. He loves that purity. He loves that transcendence. 
as a result of the great love, the end of chapter 9, with an exceptional love that is great and pleasurable, not just Ava, Ava Rabba, a very exceptional or intense love, B'tainugim, a great love, B'tainugim, with pleasures, B'chibi Yaseda, an additional and, and an extra measure of love and affection. And Iskarim Leil mentioned above in chapter 9 at the end where he spoke about that's not just regular Ava love, it's this profound and, and intense love. That's what the tzaddik has such connection. So automatically, the more you love one side of things, the more you're going to despise and detest. And, and what you said, despise, detest, and ultimately will detest and despise and repulse, be repulsed by and disgusted by the opposite. Why? This is critical. Why? Because if you don't say the which means God made one the opposite of the other, you could say maybe they're not opposites. Or even if they, they, they even though they may be two different entities, they don't control. Why can't you have both? A person can love godliness and kedusha, and could also love this material world. You see this all the time. People learn teda, they do mitzvahs, they enjoy it, and then they can indulge themselves in the material world. But we all know there's a, f- a famous expression from uh, the Cheves Alevavis that says you cannot love both. Just like fire and water cannot come together, the same thing, you cannot have both Kedusha and Klippa in the same, the words of the, the Cheves Alevavis, it says like this, Fire and water cannot be together. Other things you can mix. You can mix water and oil. They don't mix really, but they won't annihilate each other. But fire and water can be in one keli. So in one heart you cannot have the love of God and the love of this world. If you do have both, it's compartmentalized, either in different times, but it's not because they're opposites of each other. They, they, that's what he says, because they're opposites of each other. So therefore, if you love one greatly, automatically you're going to despise and even more be repulsed by the other side. That's what Alta Rebbe is adding. In this context, there's nothing neutral. We discussed about compartmentalizing and a neutral state. So Tzadik Sheinagamer, which we'll get back to, still doesn't have this intense love and therefore doesn't have the intense, the opposite that eliminates any even iota or even res, 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 residual from the, from the material world. And how do we see this? Where do we know that a Tzadik Gamer has this element? And I also understand why he uses the word sin. He brings up Hosek, Kedixiv. The book of Tehillim, Kuflametes, Chav Beis and Chav Gimel, 139, 22, 23, Kedixiv, Tachlis Sina, Sinesim, That's what the Alter Rebbe brings. So he brings this Posik. Translated, let's translate the Posik. 
So the Pasuk says like this, I utterly detest them. Not just sinek, tachlis sinus They have become my enemies. And he says, probe me. Hashem, God, and know my heart. So he's not just stating it, he's actually saying, test me, evaluate, check it out. And Al-Tareb actually quotes that. In other words, not only is he making a statement, he's like establishing that God himself confirms that fact, which explains why he brings the second half of the verse. You could say, the point that's here is that he detests it. So you could just say, Tachas inesanesim la'ivim. La'ivim hayuli. What do you need to have the chokreni v'dal avavi, v'dal avavi, but it comes, it just confirms that it's also confirmed that it's an actual fact. It's not just that David is saying that's the case, even though David obviously can be believed. But it makes it much stronger because God ratifies it. So what do you have here? Tachlisina, the word sina. But then, before we learn, use the word mius. So we'll discuss that in a moment. Let me just continue reading. So now here goes the, the equation. So now that we've established... This is all to explain why the Tzadik Gomer completely removes any soiled garments because, like he said, to have any pleasure in this world because anything that is not godly, and earlier he said the expression that even more than sinna, even more than despises, that he's repulsed, he's disgusted, so now the Alter Rebbe concludes. So now that we know, the reason for that is because there's great love. And everything opposite is created opposites. Directly proportional to the level of his great love to God. So direct proportion to that is the intensity He's saying of Hasina detesting the other side, the Sitra Akhra, and the complete repulsion, the outer repulsion for evil. And here he brings both expressions. So, first point, let's just make it clear, since we're dealing with two polar opposites. So the more the love for one, the more you detest and repulsed by the other. If the love is not that intense, the repulsion will also be not that strong. And that's why if, if you don't really transform the enemy into an ally, even if the enemy is not an enemy any longer, it's neutral, is neutral, it's a result because you don't have the complete love and therefore you don't have the complete repulsion or detestment of, of the other side. It's one point. What about what is the difference between Sina and Mius? The Daltareva brings both expressions. So the uh, commentaries on the Tanya explain it this way, that something you dislike is something that is, uh, is, is more of like you dislike an ideology, something that really is opposite of the way you think. A more subtle f- element, something more spiritual, so to speak, which defies what you stand for. So you utterly detest it. Repulsion 
is something like, for example, when a person takes a, eat, eats a food that's disgusting, you're ready to throw it up. That's far more, and that's usually something that's more tangible. So that one of the explanations given is that the difference between the two is that when you're talking about the more so-called, I guess, ethereal things that, that go against godliness, there there's, you detest it. It's like an enemy that you completely hate. Tachlis as he said. But you're talking about the physical world. Remember, where did he use the word mius? That you should take pleasure and indulge in taivus haguf. That's not toward directly there, it's repulsive. So for most of us, physicality is not repulsive. But we all know there are things that repulse you. If you see something uh, disgusting, it just disgusts you. You're not going to say that about something spiritual. So you say something that is negative, an enemy, a molek, attacks us, it's not about repulsion. It's more, this is my enemy, and I detest my enemy. Or the enemy to God. Disgusting, he uses dafka de taivus elamaza. And by sinna, he says, sitrache, lo'evim, to my enemies. But he's, what, what enemies are referring to there, it's more subtle. Not that it's less of a negative thing, but it's not something where you disgust or, you, or you're repulsed by. But bottom line is, this is critical. The word hatred, or the word detest, or the word to be repulsed or disgusted sound like very negative words. And you could get the impression, reading this literally, that the tzaddik has this, this, this like very negative thing. He hates enemies, he detests them, He's repulsed by them. But no, when you read this closely, you see the opposite. No, the tzaddik is the most refined person. If you detest something, let's say you see someone who is hurting a child, and, you, and it makes your blood boil. You detest it, you're repulsed by it. However you define the differences, that's not coming because you're not refined. On the contrary, because you're so in love of things that are pure, and you see it being defiled, you don't just remain aloof and indifferent, it, it, it repulses you. The fact that we're repulsed only by things that are disgusting in our terms is because we're a physical creatures. By the tzaddik, his experience of the divine, his experience of the spiritual, of godliness, is so pure that anything not like it is something that is completely a, 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 a sinner and a, and a uh, detesting and a repulsion. But not to be seen that that's his personality. Because that's the impression. People could say, oh, look at people who are so devout and so pious, and they're like disgusted by different things. It's not disgust, it's the beauty of his love. And that's what the Alta Rebbe says, Mahmaz Gedla Vose Lashem. Yes, it's true from the point of view of Sur Marai, you could say, look how when a person behaves like an animal, God forbid, in a very, uh, be, uh, in a very low way, hedonistic behavior. So that can be repulsive because you see a person, you know, it's like, like when you see someone who's been a, a refined person falls and behave in a way that, you know, you see sometimes a very hungry person, so hungry, and then he eats in a way you could have Rahmanas in him, but it's disgusting at times. Then here it's not just that element. On the contrary, it's Mepneg Machmas Gedla Vosilashem. And since Zelu Mazeh, that's why anything not the love, when you love someone deeply, say anything that touches that love. Even a small compromise is going to shake you to the core. 
If you don't love that much, it's not going to shake you so much. And that's what, how we have to understand these words. Hebrew is very important because sine and mius can come across as very negative. But here we're talking about being disgusted and, being, and detesting things that are literally horrendous. No one's going to say, for example, when you see how the Nazis treated the Jews, we're disgusted by it. We're repulsed by it. We detest them. But not because we go into the mud into a state of hatred. It's not, a person, it's not because of the hatred. It's because we so love life and beauty. When you see someone behaving that way, it's, 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 it's quite it's repulsive, literally. And that's what he says here about the tzaddik. Now, of course, he continues, and there's more to be said about this. We'll continue learning next week. This program and all the previous programs can be found at tinyapplied.com. Everyone have a good tabach. Be well and be blessed. This has been My Life, Tanya Applied with Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Please join us again next week. Visit chasidasapplied.com for archived classes and more resources.